Well, uh, I'm ready to start when you are. Okay, let's start. Work it, yeah. Shake that groove thing. Hey, 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 it's time to shake that groove thing. It's Think Outside the Box Set. Uh, this is a podcast about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And I'm Nathan Hunt, doing a normal intro without fucking it up like I do every week, seems like now. That was great. Yeah. I feel so welcome. I'm Cameron DeWitt, the other host. Ooh. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about an artist called Fishbone, which you know if you've been uh, following along with us, and they, I think, are pretty pretty safe to say, uh, fairly unrecognized. Yeah, we wanted to talk about ska, and we've heard some ska from them, but I don't really think there was any ska on this album. I think there was one song that was arguably a reggae song, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, it was all just sort of like funk rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is uh, this is the one that people say is maybe the height of their creativity, at least according to Wikipedia. This, <sighs> yeah. So they might not be that much of a ska band after all. And yeah, I blame I you. Don't, I don't really like this band. Uh, I'm starting to think there's been ah. some nice moments, but this album, this album had some real, real doozies of lyric writing. Um, Musically, it was, I don't know, there's a lot of fun moments in it, but I was just really distracted by a few just sort of optical issues mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and topics and um, some of their takes that haven't aged super well, um, specifically in, uh, in regards to drugs mm-hmm. and whose fault drugs are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, um, I don't know, gay panic and sex work and... Just some, I don't know, just some stuff that was a little bit hard to swallow. Oh, so hmm. you know what? I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to talk around you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's my goal. <laughs> that's what I. That's the. This is the service I provide, um, and this is why uh, that people should give us money. <laughs> Support website. Um, well, yeah, this uh, album's called. It's called The Reality of My Surroundings, released in 1991. It's much longer than their other albums. Um, I think it's like 59 minutes. Yeah, yeah, 59, 39. So it's, uh, it's pretty long. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> That's that cool sex number. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 I like it when you're like six or 59-ing, and yeah, <laughs> one of you is just all bent up, all weird. <laughs> um yeah it's it's okay it definitely like feels more polished in some ways than their previous albums um wikipedia says it is the first wishbone fuck fishbone album to include former story fishbone yeah uh to include former miles davis music director john big ham um so that guy's got some big hams (laughs) that's good to know um yeah so i think that and I think it's their most successful album. I think they might have put more money into the production and everything. But yeah, I, I agree. I'm not as crazy about like some of the songwriting and whatnot. Uh, and also musically, just like, I don't know, not, not as uh, much Another thing. thing is some of the, some of the singing and the, the delivery of the lyrics, it seemed, it seemed like some of these songs were almost improvised or just like unedited like there wasn't a lot of care put into making lines have integrity <laughs> um or making them make ry- rhythmic sense um with the amount of syllables that are in them just some kind of basic stuff like that that mm-hmm. some people can i don't know some people can get away with that shit because they find artful ways to do it but um yeah it just sort of felt i don't know it kind of reminded me of teaching songwriting again and people just mm. like, i don't understand how to do this I don't uh, know speaking how to of teaching a- songwriting uh this album kind of rem- reminded me of icp at certain points oh my god yes it's got a little bit of a carnival atmosphere at times yeah well 
should we jump in? Should we talk about songs? I don't have any background necessarily other than what you already said. So yeah, sure. Let's. Uh, which one are you talk about first? The first one. Yeah, let's start with the first one. I think yeah, it's called- worth talking about because it's kind of bonkers. <laughs> Yeah, and you can tell it's bonkers from the title because the title is Fight the Youth. Fight the youth. It's just like a boomer song. (laughs) (laughs) Are fish are fishbone boomers? I don't know. I was trying to look that up. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean they could be Xers, I guess. You know, making music in the eighties and nineties. Right. Um, I sort of feel like this is the music that Xers listen to, though. Yeah. Did Xers listen to Xers? Um, and the more I say extras, the weirder it feels to say. Um, <laughs> it's first uh, started in 1979. Uh, let's see. Birthday of Angelo Moore is 1965. That's boomer territory, right? Sure. I mean, uh, the discourse about boomers is uh, messy, but ultimately I think what people land on is, are you acting in this particular kind of way? And um, I've called people yeah. in the silent generation boomers before and have been corrected. And I'm just like, no, you're acting like a boomer. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's things like that that have made a uh, boomer the new N-word, Cameron. <laughs> that and Karen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you did you see that? <laughs> did you see that? Um, I mean, this is a long this is a while ago, but someone who was literally making that argument, there was like some ding dong boomer professor who's like, boomer is the new N-word. White guy, of course. Uh, which is the most boomery like response to the okay boomer trend. Yeah. All all bigotry is equal in its impact. Yep. <laughs> and it's and its violence. Uh yeah. And it ignores uh hierarchies and disparities of power, etc. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, so this song I can't I can't tell if it's supposed to be ironic that's uh or if they mean it yeah <laughs> or what <laughs> because you know they say like fight the youth the youth with poison minds restore sight to these blind the youth with poison minds and if they suffer it's no fault but their own which is a very boomery kind of attitude uh and it's it's like i want to give it uh, <laughs> an ironic read but then later on they're they're doing a lot of victim shaming of uh, people who are addicted to drugs and doing sex work for drugs and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this. I'm, I'm uh, let's see if this album came out in 1991 and Angelo Moore was born in 1965. That makes him 26 at this time. He's not that old. It's a bit young to be like, Oh, kids these days with their drugs and their whoring and their poison minds. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's it's confusing. I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is not a genius annotated group, at least not this album. Right. I wonder you, if you got lyrics, but yeah, I wonder if this is kind of the the dark side of um, in the late eighties and early nineties. There was a lot of like very po- uh, positive hip hop, like um, Tribe Called Quest is a good example. Uh, and I wonder if this is kind of the dark side of that, of being like, we're going to focus on positivity. And this is like, right. th- and this is some of maybe the ugly reasons why someone would choose to quote unquote, focus on positivity. Cause we- we've seen that from fishbone a little bit of being like, you know, choose the positive alternative. And right. I-, I wonder if, if it's because they are seeing things like, you know, there's, there's crime and war on drugs and, the the like stuff in the quote unquote inner city at this time is, is making a lot of headlines. So I wonder if they are if they are like basing their positivity thing off of a sort of respectability politics almost. Sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I feel really con- I feel really conflicted about this because if if this was a white group or a group with white songwriters in it, I would have no problem just being like, "Fuck these assholes!" Like this is this mm-hmm. is garbage. Um, but because it is a group of uh, all black people, I think still at this point. Yeah, um, I think that's right. I you know. <laughs> I feel I feel a little bit different about it. Like, okay, like maybe the idea, you know, is like the calls coming from inside the house. Um, you know, black folks are allowed to obviously uh, um, criticize their own communities. Um, and also I can kind of understand like if you're in the middle of like the crack epidemic, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not having the best take while you're in the middle of it of like why it's happening. Um, but they also have like a, you know, a platform and they're sharing this take and um, perpetuating it. And people are still trying to unlearn this kind of attitude, these kinds of attitudes about drugs and, mm-hmm. um, and about the war on drugs. And yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a great kind of alternative take to this would be Kendrick Lamar, friend of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cameron's frequent, BFF. Frequent subject of, yeah. Um, he's constantly talking about his own sort of disillusionment with other people, with other black Americans, you know, in his community, in his city, um, and... He talks a lot of in his music about um, uh, about kind of the the tendency to for for black communities to sort of cannibalize their the the people who become successful um, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this sort of vicious cycle of um, yeah uh, when black people become affluent then other people in their in their communities who aren't um, take advantage of them and they feel uh, responsible to lift other people out of poverty, but they can't because they're just one person, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, there's just, uh, yeah, like, you know, capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, one of, one of the results of capitalism is that um, it makes, it makes just normal people act badly to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but I feel like he he talks about those issues in a way that's really intense, uh, but it feels very clear with context clues that he's not ta- he, it's not a respectability c- politics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he there's always a, enough of an element of irony uh, to be able to engage with it without feeling like he's I don't know. Um, like a lobbyist <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what it's like, yeah, this is, you know, your, your story. And, um, so anyway, uh, yeah, this, this feels like white boomer nonsense that we're listening to it. And it's it really does. hard to reconcile that with, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what we, what, at least I wanted the kind of perspectives I, I was hoping to get from an all black ska band as opposed to, you know, real big fish. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming real big fish is a bunch of white people. They might not be, but Oh, that's a great question. I'll just plug it into the old image search. Real big fish. Their name is a pun. Oh, they're so white. Oh, they could not be any whiter. Oh my God. <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> Owie. <laughs> the glare. Oh no. Oh, this guy has like huge mutton chop sideburns. Oh boy. That's unnecessary. You didn't need to do that, man. <laughs> you didn't. Need... Uh, let's talk about some music though. There's some like nice musical moments in this. There's a little instrumental interlude. You want to Yeah. That? It's a very it's a very simple bass part, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's funky. It doesn't feel cu- 
cut and pasted. Like each little iteration of that harmonic idea is rhythmically de- uh, delivered in a different way. Mm-hmm. Each time, you know, it's like a little different each time, which makes it just feel very organic um, mm-hmm. and not like prescribed. No pesticides. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very, you know, non-GMO. Yeah. Locavore. Also, I want to talk to you about um, about these vaccines <laughs> that everyone's so crazy about. Yeah. I've, yeah. Vaccine is if that's a word you can trust. What they really mean is a microchip that they can track your movements, which they definitely need because you aren't carrying a tracking and surveillance <laughs> device everywhere you go, literally at every time. These are ice cold takes. Let's move on. So there's some horns. <laughs> it's my fault. I brought it up. Yeah. Um, Ooh, this is a long sound sample. Yeah, you can fade it out if you want. <laughs> or just stop it. That's but, fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Horn solo. Uh, and then there's... From a songwriting perspective, this is something I actually appreciated. Um, there's a there's a meter change that happens uh, every time this section of the song comes. Where I think if I remember right, it's measure four, measure four, then a measure of two, and then it goes back into four with predictable amounts of bars. Mm. Four, um, but it's just you know those little details, those little extra half measures that keep you engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we go. Right there. Mmm, that's fun. I like when bands do stuff that's at all interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, you know, there's always like a putting an entire song in an odd meter which can be great, can um, be. but it can be, <laughs> uh, or it could feel very didactic and like, um, like they're fetishizing the meter and instead of using it as a, as a tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but the, the other way to make, you know, another way to make music interesting, uh, rhythmically and f- with its phrase lengths is to change the meter to kind of normal meters, like, you know, four and two, um, uh, but to write melodies that dictate, um, different lengths of bars mm-hmm. and to cut out, you know, like it could have gone like this, uh, t- uh, take a look around. We're not running anymore. Two, three, four and vamp and vamp and vamp and vamp. <laughs> We're in the positive. They could have like taken all that space and just filled it in and made it musically square. And by that, I don't mean uncool. But Although they, it is. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> it depends on what they do with it. You <laughs> I know? Know, I'm just joking. Um, yeah. But I think it would be if they just like played a chord the whole time. But, you know, they, they're good musicians. They would have filled that space with something interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean by square is, you know, uh, bars of four and then groupings of four of bars of four and like, just like that predictable 32 bar song format um, that we're all conditioned to expect. But instead they go, take a look around. We're not running anymore. One, two, one. We're in the positive, Mm -hmm. but we're ready for the war. And then they, for the war. uh, I don't remember the melody exactly. It's something like that, but they, they square that part, but they take a big chunk out of the first part. And um, I'm just now realizing that it's very possible that I clipped the levels when I was doing all that clapping next to the mic. But hopefully that's not terrible to listen to. Uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just I, I like little moments like that because it feels effortful in a way that t- to me signals care that they're not just trying to waste my time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were trying to waste my time in a lot of this album, <laughs> like actively trying to waste my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, 
That's all I have to say about the song musically. Okay. Uh, maybe play that sound sample one more time so people can hear that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I like the high vocalist too. Yeah, in this, in this band, it's, it's good to be high. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? Um, let's see. <laughs> I want to talk about if I were a, I'd great. Oh wait, not this one. Uh, I want to talk about <laughs> this one. If I were a dead colonel, dead. In the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so that's they have like what, four of these throughout the album? They are yeah. apparently live songs that are sort of half skits too. Um, and then they end it with the, you know, Reptevia's If I Were a Rich Man, and um, everyone just totally busts a gut. Yada dee 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 dum. Yeah, so that's fun. Um, I guess more seriously, housework. Do you want to talk about anything oh, before that? Well, one more thing. There's another If I Were a uh-huh. Ellipses Eyed song. Oh, there's and several more. I don't remember. Yeah, there, there's another one, though, where they just, there's kind of like a Night of the Axe where they go and, like, murder the KKK and stuff. Oh, I think that's the last one. Let's take a you, listen. You want to play it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a choice, what would you do, Walter? I'd buy myself a good, push up like a nerd, kill the KKK and consider it some fun. Get them out together, I'm going to the show. Majority, minority, all the same as one. Number politicians, number cricket cops, unity against them, they'll just have a loss. And fuck to be their maids, fuck them. That's just how I feel, man. So from the KKK to the meter maids. <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> I, I get it because, like, you know, we both lived in Philly. I guess you didn't have a car in Philly, but no. the PPA is like a, at least was when we lived there, like an actively corrupt uh, corporation, basically. And Ooh, they got I'm shocked. sued. And oh, they wow. had to, like, forgive a, a bunch of stuff, you know. But, you know, like the individual uh, people doing the, like, ticket writing, they're fine people. They're just. I mean, they're mostly <laughs> like black civil workers in Philly, um, and it's not their fucking fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's whoever's up top, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it seems a little shitty to <laughs> lump them in with uh, the the workers themselves in with the KKK. Mm-hmm. But I I like their their humor. I like their uh, delivery. It's it's very key and peel kind of delivery. Mm, like when yeah. he says the Marine Corps. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Really spits it out. <laughs> it's great. Yep. All right, yeah, let's talk about housework. Housework. So Is this kind of a ska song? I, I guess kind of. Like yeah. the the beat doesn't feel like ska, but the horn parts feel that way. Yeah. And kind of the energy feels like ska. Totally, yeah. Um I don't think these lyrics are necessarily all correct. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I think I just heard a bunch of stuff that's yeah. not on the genius here. Yeah, totally. Um yeah, there needs to be some work on these. Uh, there are too many for me to actually... I've been doing some genius updating uh, and editing of lyrics because I've been, you know, reading all the lyrics while listening to the songs. And I do it when I can, but when it's a whole song that just needs... I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I got time for that. I'm not trying to do that right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the song, it's, an, it's what I was talking about. It feels sort of poorly constructed. 
Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't really a blueprint, and the energy they don't make up for it. I think in any way, the only kind of redeeming aspect of the song is well, kind it's of kind the of fun. Part. I think the f- the funness of it is kind of redeeming. Okay, make a make a case for why it's fun. Oh, really? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> make a sober erudite case for uh, why it's yes it, it, an entirely non-emotional appeal to why this provokes an emotional response yeah um it's it's it feels very like juvenile in a good way it feels like uh kind of silly and he's complaining about having to do his his mom making him do housework um sure i feel like i go to work every day but where i work i don't get paid work in school and learn in the supposed rule but in the street i make my own rules mama she just wanted me to do my homework but when i got home mama left me a note do the housework oh man um and he lists a couple wash them wash them clothes sweep that roof cut that lawn washing the dishes um yeah i i I guess the thing that I, i didn't really like is it felt very formless to me and you mean in terms of like that's just lyrics in terms of lyrics in terms of uh song construction like mm-hmm. the way that things are grouped there's no rhyme scheme that's being set up and fulfilled or not fulfilled on purpose mm-hmm. in a clever way that's true um i just don't really know what to hang on to other than the energy and you know when that's all it is it's like it's I mean, it's sort of a je ne sais quoi at that point. It's like, I don't know why some high energy things are entertaining uh, I, and others I don't, make me I don't know feel what that is. irritated. I don't know what that is, Cameron. Can you tell me? What? <laughs> tell me. Tell you what? Uh, the, you said something about a Jenny, Jenny say quack or whatever. I, what, I, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's just something I hear um, smart people say. Oh. So I was just parroting it. Oh, yeah. man. I was <laughs> I was trying to make a joke because it literally means I know not what. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Fuck you. But then I was like, I don't know what it is. Cameron, tell me what it is. That's the joke. Oh, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I fucked well, it up. I'm sorry. Maybe. Um, me. I don't know. That's That reminds listeners, me of, of one of my... F- listeners, we're sorry. Yeah. It's, it's on... We're a day um, late. What is it? Is it... It's an animated show. Fuck. Maybe it's not an animated show. Oh, no. It's a, it's Faulty Towers. There's a... um. Uh, the old major is trying to th- to describe something. He's got it's got a certain uh, certain uh, um, and Basil chimes in. He's like a certain je ne sais quoi, and the major's like, "Oh yes, that's it," <laughs> which I think is a very like fun and subtle joke. <laughs> it literally means I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I failed. Okay. So this last verse says, "Out in the street, I got friends just like me." Pops is gone and mom's working five and six days a week. Me and my partner's trying things just to see what it means. A drink here and a smoke there. What was dirty now is clean. Mama trying, but she got to survive. So now I got to get a nine to five. Do the housework. Ouch. Ouch. It says ouch in the genius, but there's a whole bunch of business there. That's business. It's a lot more than just an ouch. Yeah. Um, So I... I kind of appreciate that part of the song where they're like, I like the like, oh, I'm just a kid complaining about doing housework. And then at the end, there's sort of a social commentary moment where it's like, no, this is a song about a specific experience of having to grow up too fast. And actually, it's not just like, oh, man, I got chores. It's like, no, in order to hold this house in order, I have to step up. And I'm just a kid. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it tries to kind of do that and make the song a little bit more weighty. I don't think it really succeeds all that well. Um, no, I, I don't think so either. I like the idea. I wish it was a better song. They, they like, they come so close to, uh, doing the exact opposite of that fight the youth song because here his, his friends and him are like drinking and smoking out on the street. And he doesn't have some, like, baby boomer charging down the street, like, yelling, fight the youth, and, like, beating him up or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, it sh- sort of shows the why uh, some people might end up turning towards uh, drugs that dissociate themselves from their situation when it's completely intolerable. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, I feel like they, yeah, I, I, it feels like they just are not getting that part of it, I guess. 
Uh, well, there's a there's an interesting musical choice where it sort of turns into a spooky haunted house waltz mm-hmm. at the end. Do you want to play that mm-hmm. scene? That is so uh, Oingo Boingo slash uh, uh, Danny Elfman. Very much. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, it, it kind of goes from like a New Orleans like you know uh, marching band to <laughs> to that to Oingo Boingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to Coraline or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> spooky. Ooh, spooky house. You know what, Cameron? Houses can be haunted. They can be haunted by the ghost of work that hasn't been done yet, in addition to the ghosts of real ghosts. And I think that's a real ghost. Also real ghosts and ghosts are real. And I think that's what Fishbone is trying to tell us. And I think we've all learned something here today. That's beautiful. <laughs> tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Oof. Oof. Uh, God, there's, there's a fair amount of songs that I just didn't really like make notes for because I was just kind of annoyed. Mm-hmm. Like ass whipping, <laughs> isn't that one like thirty minutes or thirty seconds long or something? Let's listen to the entire yeah, thing. A bunch of thirty second songs. Let's listen this. to the whole thing real quick. Yeah, listen to the whole thing real quick. Oh, this one. Yep. Speaking of ICP. That feel, this feels like something ICP would do. Yeah. Yeah, the whole... I don't know. Like, optically, like... Just, like, the percussion... I don't know what the song is supposed to be. But, like, why is there, whi- like, whipping going on? And what kind of whipping is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be ass-whipping, Cameron. Duh. <laughs> okay, excuse me. <laughs> I've heard that ass-whip has a lot of hydro hydrogenated oils in it and that it's better to just get like regular um <laughs> regular <whip. laughs> is that a joke uh <laughs> that's all i got i'm sorry <laughs> huh. it's similar it reminds me of a joke it's similar to a joke it has a certain uh reminiscence of a joke here no let me try again let me try again okay uh I had a roommate once that liked to eat ass right, eat ass whip right out the tub. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. From the freezer. You know, you know, yeah. you know if okay. you uh, if you uh, rip the tip off, you can get high off of an ass whip. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> is that how you get high off those things? I don't actually know. Uh, an ass whip it, I think they call it. <laughs> Title of the episode. <laughs> uh, shit. All right. Fine. Okay, fill a space while I write this note down. <laughs> fill in space. Is that something I can do? Do you think I could just run my mouth off without even thinking about like what it could be coming out next? Like, It seems like something I could do because there's literally no standard for interestingness or funniness of what I'm saying. Like, I could literally just like sit here and talk about how okay, the stop. things I have on my desk are like, I got this water bottle here. There's some pens. You think I'm going to get in trouble from Apple Podcasts for using the word ass? You, Cameron, you, you literally put the word shit into one of our titles and you got away with it. Come on. <laughs> That's true. I was really surprised that you did that and that they just were okay with it. All right. Well, uh, okay. So there's, there's pressure. Oh, we well, we got to talk about all the drug songs. There's oh, Junkie's Prayer, yeah. Pray to the uh, the Junkie Maker. Which are back-to-back. Um, Good choice. Yeah, well, let's talk about those. Okay, let's talk about Junkie's Prayer first, I guess. Oh yeah, so the whole first part of this track is the the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. But paraphrased. Paradeed. Yes. And both, yeah. Um so this is yeah, it's like again. Again, with, like, victim-blamey kind of stuff. Um, 
so it starts with like my pusher who art in the crack house hallowed be thy bitches and hoes as for i am sprung my crack my rock will be done in my crib as well as in public it's that kind of thing etc um but he at, at points he's like uh give us this day our daily crack as we smoke ourselves into a manic frenzy forgive us for we have no control or self-respect yeah pretty rough yeah i think the probably the worst part of this song i took a sound sample of i guess like content warning for like misogyny um but uh i think it's worth talking about if we're going to continue to sorry sorry fishbone i jumped the gun there my bad didn't mean to double click do you want me to go ahead and play it now that i yeah cute okay here we go god that is awful yeah really really terrible like just as bad as any sort of icp thing i've i've heard except for i guess there's no murder in it yeah (laughs) but at least with the murder stuff in icp it's like it takes you out of you know taking it literally and it's like i don't know how else to listen to this you know Mm -hmm. um also it doesn't help that the the background track is very icp yes (laughs) it totally is (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of a lot to pull apart in there. That's just sort of obvious to criticize. But like, I, I think the <laughs> there's you know there's like the tragedy of someone being addicted to drugs and having to having to do sex work in order to uh, not go through withdrawals, you know, and in order to keep you know, being in a cycle like that. That sucks. Not. Not that I'm not saying that sex work that no one should do it, but like, you know, like sex, <laughs> sex work in order to continue being addicted to something uh, is you should you should choose, yeah, and not because you're like chemically addicted, you know, mm-hmm. like that sucks and that's like a tragedy and he's like, oh, this, you know, this person, uh, this, it, it's their own fault basically, and, um. Also, there's the, like, there's the very obvious sort of, like, double standards of um, of, of the sexual politics of it, which is, like, he's, he's, like, calling her a hoe, but he's saying that she's a hoe gone wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and saying that, like, she used to look good, but now uh, she's had sex with everyone, um, and and now it's sad, and it's like, well... If she looks good and she wants to have sex with everyone and everyone wants to have sex with her, like, there's just, like, an obvious, like, that's her business. Mm-hmm. And she's using, like, this asset that she has in her situation, you know, um, to, I guess, have sex. Um, so, and it's it's just very kind of clear that he wouldn't be saying the same thing about a man mm-hmm. having sex with a lot of women. Uh, I, there are parts though in this album where it feels like, it feels like they're speaking about men being addicted to drugs and also having to do sex work to men, Mm -hmm. um, or with men, uh, like sucking a dick, uh, like that gets mentioned a lot in this album, Mm -hmm. um, more than most albums that I listen to, (laughs) sucking a dick for drugs, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um... Yeah, I I think uh, something that's, this is maybe a bit of a tangent, but something that's been really bothering me lately is the, I feel like patriarchy wants to equate um, bodies assigned male uh, with violence. And um, which is really, (laughs) this this could very easily turn into like a red pill kind of thing. Oh, I can't wait. I'm not. Please continue. I'm not doing that. What I'm, tr- what I'm trying to say is that um, men are discouraged from uh, thinking that their bodies are beautiful or desirable, um, and that the main thing that they have to offer 
in sexuality is um, access to power to people that they have sex with Mm -hmm. Um, or dominance to, to dominate someone sexually and to take their power away, you know, through um, rape or, um, you know, sexual humiliation of, of whatever kind. Um, And, uh, and, that sucks for a lot of reasons, but one one of the I think really destructive reasons, and I felt this sort of in my own life, is this uh, this like, well, what if you know, what if a person assigned male um, wants to be wants to be beautiful or wants to be an object of desire? Um, it's hard to f- engage with that kind of thing and to feel valuable in that kind of way when. Uh, the social like rhetoric around like sucking a dick is like, well, that's not a thing that anyone would in their right minds want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like that's a, that's only, that's a degraded thing to do that you only do in order to, um, you know, get drugs or acquire, uh, power if you're a woman, you know, but it's like something that's, um, a inherently submissive thing and not a desirable act to perform. Yeah, um, it's only something that you are like empowering coerced into in one way or another. It's like not something you would ever want to do on your own volition. Yeah, exactly. Which uh <laughs> I mean it's it's essentially like a it 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 makes it makes men into like incels or sexual predators essentially. Mm-hmm. Um which is like the only way that you can get sex is through these non-sexual things like like mm-hmm. these in these non-sexual avenues you know about your person and your status and etc and it's just sort of this vicious cycle and um yes <laughs> there, there's there's songs uh, you know like this song and then uh, i think the next song too like it's just like they, they're going on and on about like how humiliating it is to suck dick mm-hmm you know and to have sex with to have sex with a man um essentially and it's like no wonder like men at least in our culture are just like so fucked up mm-hmm. um or cis men at least uh that like they don't have access to you know uh things that are t- typically only accessible to women in our culture and obviously being sexually desirable or being objectified like that stuff is very toxic for women too but there is a there's an element of um there is something pure there which is it is good to be desired for like the way that you look or the way that you hold yourself in a in a space or present yourself it's what however you want to talk about Mm -hmm. it um and just culturally it's like yeah men aren't allowed to to talk about that or to think like that. Yeah. You know what? It's uh, body, body issues, not just for women anymore. You know, it's 2021. Uh, men can have body issues now too. It's let's be all, let's be more inclusive and let's just make sure everybody has uh, a dysmorphia about at least some aspect of their body. <laughs> cool. Thanks for really summing that up. <laughs> taking that very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> The inclusive uh, atrocity of uh, the bodies. Yeah. It's my, my least favorite Milan Kundera book. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a great point. I am certainly not trying to say that like everyone should be engaging with um, uh, beauty standard with the same beauty standards, but that everyone should have access to um thinking about themselves as as someone to be desired if they want to think about themselves that way so yeah and just sort of men across the board are like they think that they're only allowed to be desired for the things that they can offer uh outs- outside of their you know yeah. their sexuality it- and that ultimately if they want to have sex they have to they have to be violent or they have to be sort of coercive or powerful. Yeah. They have to like achieve it some other way other than like being desirable or attractive or something. Um, yeah. It reminds me of, uh, there is this shitty thing on, I was, I was, um, let's see. I was, I was lurking on the Mubim Bam subreddit recently. Uh, so never ever, no one should ever go on Reddit. It's, it's bad. Um, for so many reasons. 
Uh, it's less bad, I think, than like YouTube and uh, Twitter often sure. is. Um, but the, someone posted. Oh, d- didn't you hear that um, uh, the alt right is finally defeated now? In those, they're finally taking a stand, and everything's fixed. Oh wait, I hadn't heard Trump, that. Trump isn't on there anymore, and uh, you know that's the end. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I guess I take it back. Everything's completely fixed. Um, anyway, I was on the Mabim Bam subreddit and uh, they were posting uh, someone had listened to a Chapo Trap House episode. I do not listen to that show. I cannot really get on board with like their weird kind of smugness. I, I have no idea what that is, actually. It's, uh, it's the preeminent podcast of the Dirtbag Left, I, th- I think is how they um, describe themselves. And oh wow, yeah they they try to they they kind of like toe the line of like edge lordy shit, but they have um they're like I think they're mostly democratic uh, social democrats um not like full on socialists or anything, but beside the point um they were talking about the whole Bean Dad controversy, which uh <laughs> that's a hell of a story um. And they were like, what is this show? This MBMAMA. Uh, it's just a, like a bunch of, uh, it's like three Ohio soy boys or whatever. And uh, they, they characterize them as two of them looking regular. And one of them is a 40-year-old straight guy who calls himself cute. And they said this in the most like dismissive and um, derogatory way. As if a fucking, like, 40-year-old guy can't want to feel cute, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, Travis, like, puts, like, paints his nails, and I think he sometimes wears eye polish, and he dyes his hair. Not eye polish. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Eyeliner? (laughs) Polish those eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Those eyes are looking dull. (laughs) Well, you can polish a turd, but you can't make it gold, you know? Uh, Jesus Christ, I'm a such a dummy um but yeah it's like it it's it's so toxic hearing these guys talk about um contrasting a a a guy who is i don't know if travis is queer in any way um but he's definitely not it's a queer presentation yeah, Absolutely. yeah his presentation is definitely not like conforming to like masculinity quote unquote and to characterize like to to contrast that with two other guys who look regular and then being like, look at this 40-year-old guy who wants to be cute. It's like, fuck you. I want to be cute. Yeah. I want to be cute sometimes. Yeah. I got this <laughs> Absolutely. I got this fucking like long curly hair that looks like um the uh the d- lady dog from Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> Nathan, once the pandemic's over, I want to fucking fight over some spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they do in the movie? They fight over it? Is that how you characterize it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They fight with their lips. My pasta, mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that reminded me of that, and that was a big tangent. <clears throat> yeah. That was a big tangent, but, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say about this shit. Like, I mean, <sighs> there's so many things to pick apart. I mean, let's let's move on to the next song and uh, uh, the Pray to the Junkie Maker. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll maybe talk about something a little bit more positive before we close. Yeah, out. exactly. All right, pray to the junkie maker. I like a lot of the musical aspects mm-hmm. of it. This is a reggae that song. It's like, yeah, it's reggae, and there's some some hints of like gospel, like church music in there as well. And uh, I think it's pretty catchy. Yeah, and I don't love all the. Yeah, I, don't, I agree. I don't love all of the the construction of the lyrics, not to say nothing of the content. Um, but I do enjoy some of the, like s- just spitting out syllables, you know, and like, it's, it's kind of fun. It's, it's engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah, the, the lyrics are just like real victim blamey though, is the, the problem. 
Yeah, do you want to play the one that says, uh, this didn't age well? Yeah. The pipe, take your life and you will die. All because you wanted to get high. Yeah, uh, suck the pipe, take your life, and you will die. All because you wanted to get high. Yep, it's your fault that you are trying to uh, have any kind of any kind of respite from the hellhole that you have been forced to live in. It's your fault, or that you oh, have any kind of oh. addiction issues. Also, it's like Fishbone. These guys aren't these guys aren't straight edge, right? Like yeah. they're <laughs> they're definitely doing drugs, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, right, I I'm sure they are, right? I, I mean, everyone. They have to be. I feel like... <laughs> like, I knew they were hanging out with, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they were fucking, like, out of their They were zooted like, the out of their time. gourds. Always. <laughs> yeah. They're chief in that kind, bud. Uh, I, I really don't think that these... That this band is straight edge. And, like, I feel like at one point, someone had to, like, go to rehab or or died or something. Someone, in this band had, someone or, had to die. <laughs> someone had, someone to, had to go to rehab or someone had to die. <laughs> Uh, I gotta, I gotta get better with my verbal punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um. Yeah. And then I, I guess you know, play that other sound sample. This is some. I feel like this is. It's hard to say whether they're talking to a woman or whether that they're talking to a man, and that this is gay panic. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, I might have the fading might have cut that one off a little too much. Uh, okay. I'm going to turn off the fading and uh, we can listen to it again. Okay, great. Because it, it's so it's such a great thing to say and hear that I definitely want everyone to hear it crystal clear and twice. Hmm. I think this is yeah. So you will pray to the junkie maker. Yeah. In a cold sweat, you will. In a deep need, you will. In the rock house, you will. With a dick in your mouth, you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, this yeah, this song is I like it a lot more musically, but um it's pretty atrocious lyrically. Yep. I mean, it's not even like it's not the worst example. I feel like the fight the youth is like almost worse. Um this is like, I don't know, this feels like pretty typical like Tipper Gore anti-drug uh kind of perspective, although it's I don't I don't think Tipper Gore would talk about praying to the junkie maker with a dick in your mouth. Although, who knows? She might have been a freak. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, um, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, you know, there's Nasty Mayhem. Nasty uh, Mayhem. Everyday Sunshine, which I feel like was a pretty big single. Yeah, maybe we should talk about uh, that. I think it was like maybe yeah. the biggest single off this album, and maybe that they ever had. This is like a grim climate apocalypse accelerationist song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. No rain. I wish for there to be drought. Mm-hmm. And the skies were blue, so there's no night even. That it's like it's like uh, those days in Alaska where the sun never sets, and there's like uh, vampires. No, uh, no, wait. That's the they're only there in the winter. The vampires uh, winter in Alaska because it's night all day. Uh, but where do they go in the summer? That's the that's the question. Uh, have you seen that movie or read that? Book? Nope, <laughs> I, I've heard of it. It's it's pretty fucking great. I think. is it thirty days? Is it thirty days of night? Yeah. Thirty days. Of okay. Night, yeah. I think the mo- I think the movie is especially really good. Yeah, interesting. I think we I think we need to like reevaluate Josh Hartnett and maybe bring Josh Hartnett back. Uncancel Josh Hartnett. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he got canceled. I think he just faded into obscurity. Uh, uh, cancel culture out of control. Claims another victim. <laughs> and yeah. the, 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 the soft canceling of not caring about a celebrity anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or them not being in his high-profile movies. 
Uh, that's he's yeah. the real victim here. <laughs> Shit. I'm gonna oh, feel. Great. I'm gonna I feel. This ding donging is happening in my mic, but my son, whenever he like beats us home from a walk, um, he just rings the doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really hear it. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Everyday sunshine. I wish every day the sun would shine. Take me to another place in my mind where everything is beautiful and no wants or needs nor sign of greed could rule our soul. It's kind of like a classic funk song, you know? It's like very simple. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel kind of complicated about it when I <laughs> when we play it back to back with, you know, Pray to the Junkie Maker. Yeah, yeah. It feels like <laughs> because I don't really trust your utopia anymore. Yeah, it's like if you're if if you're hyper specific with your judgment for like wrongdoing and hyper vague with your like answers to how to fix it, I think that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Cuz you're just you're basically just sort of saying like, well, everyone needs to like it's like it's like when people say, well, the problem is people just need to not be a dick. Just don't be an asshole. You know. Mhm. Uh, which again, that sort of language—it's like more, just sort of more gay panic. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I thought about pointing it out, and then I just—I was too lazy. <laughs> um, yeah, everyday sunshine, you know. So it's like I what this is probably the only song that I had heard from them. I think I had heard this before. I knew who Fishbone was, mm. and I think it's fine, like in a vacuum. But in the rest of this album, it's just like. This just rings so hollow to me. Mm-hmm. Totally. I don't. I don't believe in this optimism at all. Mm-hmm. So, but I like the. I like the music. Fine. It's just like a fun little poppy song. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's tailor made to be like a radio single. Yep. Um. Do you want to talk about? Uh. We probably have time for one more. Is that right? Whew, uh. Yeah. I mean. Do you, do you even <laughs> want to? <laughs> Do you want to do you want to talk about the a celebration of heterosexuality? I would love to do nothing more. Uh, are you talking about Nasty Mayan? Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Here we go. This is kind of a fun song. Um, I like that it's at all sex positive, I guess. I guess that's an improvement over some of the pop music at this time. But it... And, and there is sex positivity for the woman in this song as well. Yeah, and some. Agency. Yeah. Some. Yeah. yeah there's something here. Um, I, it just feels so hypocritical in the context of, like, sex worker shaming. Um, like, yeah. is it... Can you possibly be sex positive if you uh, are shitting on sex workers? I would say probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a, uh, man, it's like, I forget where I read this at one point, but someone was like, if you think a, a prostitute is quote unquote selling her body and a West Virginia coal miner is not, uh, then I don't know what to tell oh you, man. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you rather would you rather be walking the dog or petting the cat? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. This is stuff like that. This is great. Yeah, I like that. Uh, bonin. Hey, what about th- bonin? Is a thing in which overindulgence is never enough, and when the fish ain't biting, life gets frightening. Not sure what that means. So hang tough, hold on to your stuff. The pussy cat is playing with the ball in the yard, and the dog is biting his bone. Um. <laughs> And the metaphor gets it weird. gets really weird. Felt so good to the ball, the bone got hard. Uh-huh. Felt so good it blew the ball apart. Some sort of like quantum entanglement yeah. with the dog's two different toys. Yeah, and I thought the dog is supposed to be the ding dong also, in like this overarching metaphor. So uh, I was really on board with it, and then I was just like, wait, what are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. Okay, I got two sound samples. One is 
to clarify, he literally says this is a celebration of heterosexuality. <laughs> you can play mm-hmm. that sound sample. Uh-huh. Seems a little unnecessary to <laughs> to say that. I mean, we get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> me. Th- <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. It it gets a little like. I mean, it's not quite as uncomfortable as this, but like when someone talks about like white culture and shouldn't like white americans be able to have their own culture it's like well in a way theoretically maybe but the way you're talking about it makes me not really trust what you mean by that yeah yeah that's a great that's a great point because it's like the very the it's like the concept of saying that this song is about heterosexuality is sort of fraught because it's about a, a man and a woman um were to assume that they're cisgendered, um, mm-hmm. uh, having sex with each other, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are that they are heterosexual, right? Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it's like uh, the whole concept of being strictly heterosexual uh, as an as an identity is sort of, um, I mean, whatever you can be, but like to celebrate it as. <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't know, it's fraud. Especially, like, I don't know, it it feels... It's like, it's a great metaphor. It's like celebrating being white. Yeah, it's when you specifically mention how much you are inhabiting and celebrating what is the dominant group or the in-group or the one that has more power or more representation or is even just greater in numbers, I don't really trust it because it's like, I don't know, it, it feels like you're... But it's it feels very pointed, and it feels like you're pointedly excluding anyone who's not part of this dominant group. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, they are uh, more positive than I think lots of people are or can be with this next sound sample you have. Yeah. So I was just grabbing a sound sample of them saying a really wild thing. <laughs> they say something wild. Like what? just re- <laughs> doing little, just doing some really intense um, sexual jargon that I've never heard before, and will make you blush, maybe. Ooh. Um, but then it kept going, and then it ca- caught this bit about uh, female masturbation, and I just let I just let it keep rolling because I thought it was interesting. Let it ride. And it's a long sound set yeah. because of that. Alright. <laughs> 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 you know what i kind of i looked over this at first but she will use her fingers and precious time to get acquainted with herself and time is really the most precious thing of it of them all and uh time is is money and um and uh yeah it's it, that's the the really the main thing that she's spending on herself and that's so profound uh, for them to say that <laughs> Uh, I can't believe you were just slightly less profound than Fishbone. <laughs> hey, man, someone's got to do it. <laughs> I think. Um, and if you missed the first part, it was ain't nothing I'd rather be yep. doing than hoochie, 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 gooing. Gooing, yeah. Than sweating, chewing, and spewing. Spewing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. God. Uh, and with that, I think we should close up. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a, hell of a song. All right. <clears throat> well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we'll be back next week with, oh boy, it's a real long um, title. 1993's Give a Monkey a Brain and He'll Swear He's the Center of the Universe. Um, All right, Fiona Apple. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, until then, uh, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at Tobias Podcast, uh, write us a review on iTunes, uh, mash those stars, jam those review words, 
Um, you can support us also more directly by going to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. And, and if you pledge uh, a little, little bit of money, like $2 or more, you get access to all of our bonus content, which is a lot of... Well, we, we got some full-length ones, but those we haven't done one of those for a while. We keep meaning to. We've been doing a lot of really long weekly bonus yeah, episodes. Yeah, we've been lately. doing <laughs> not this week, but recently. There's some like I don't know hour long. Yeah, episodes. <laughs> we got some long minis uh, for our weekly mini show. What's in the box weekly, which is a little culture club. Uh, this week, I talked about Steven Universe because uh, I started watching it and getting a little more of a beginner's perspective on it, and also the movie After Midnight. And Cameron. Oh, what did I talk about? I just talked about a bunch bag. of stuff. We, I, I participated. You got your participation in, in trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're probably. I mean, I think you should watch Tenet. I think it's worth watching. Um, and you don't have to buy it. You could just rent it. But I want to. I want to at least talk about for my what's in the box weekly next week. Ah. To talk about Tenet because yeah, it's interesting. Movie. We'll see. I don't know. I don't actually really like Christopher Nolan that much personally. Hot Fair. take. <laughs> Is it? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> All right. Well, you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. And it's old time old music. music. With Cameron DeWitt and friends. And friends. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Also, if you're if you're a banjo player out there, I'm doing three banjo workshops coming Ooh. up. Uh, end of the month, there's like an online old time banjo festival. Um, and, uh, then I got a couple like zoom workshops in, in February. So if you're interested in like up in your banjo game, if you already play Clawhammer banjo or just, um, participating in that festival, uh, check out, get up in the cool first. And then in the recent episodes, I've just been putting links to all that stuff. So you can check that out too. But, um, yeah, there'll be, uh, there'll be a, uh, a live stream like on YouTube event at the end of this month of just a bunch of awesome banjo players and also me <laughs> cameron i think you're an awesome banjo player and i have heard other people say Thank that you. also so i'm not alone i accept <laughs> i'm glad all right um yeah so thanks for listening everyone we'll be back next week and until then i've been nathan hunt and i'm a nasty man humping and a bumping anytime i can <laughs> you sure are <laughs> and i've been cameron dewitt and i'm making a sober non-emotional appeal to fun. <laughs> <laughs>